Hotspur being dicks this week, really. Um, sort of not really setting a good example uh, how you can do it very wrong and very wrong in a pandemic. We're I mean, supposed to be looking after people, so we'll chat about that and how we think football could look after itself and, more importantly, look after um, its staff and its non-playing staff who don't sit on 70000 pounds a week and will need them all the money they can get at the minute. Um, Jonathan, hello. Bonjour. Uh, Brenton, hello. Hello. Um, we'll get into we'll get into the top tens first. The BBC did a top ten strikers. Um, it's up on their website. I'll quickly go through the ten they picked. I don't know their order. Uh, I don't agree with it. There's few glaring names missing from that list. A top ten is quite hard to do in the Premier League era because there have been some decent strikers playing in the Premier League, but. Um, Brenton, is there any name in particular? Is there a name in particular that is missing from that there that probably should be on that list that you you actually adore and probably watch on a daily basis? Do press conferences? Do well, I think everyone knows who you're talking about at the minute, like, but um, <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> I, I think. And when I was listening to it, I was trying not to be biased, but. I don't think I am saying that um, Frank Lampard should should be involved in the conversation. Um, I mean, different if they were doing um, top ten centre forwards, um, but it was it was the Premier League's best goal scorers, so that doesn't limit it to yeah. um, to a striker or a number nine or whatever you want to call it. Um, Lampard Lampard's record like speaks speaks for itself. Like um, Chelsea's goal score from midfield um and then in the you know the club's most successful period um he just kept scoring goals um and such big important goals too if we're talking Premier League like I'm just thinking of of Luis Suarez for example um you know great goal scorer and and he was unbelievable um but he only a hundred just over a hundred Premier League appearances um that was slightly wrong the way they did that, and there was there were probably a few other names that, that How, began, I think as well. Well, uh, John, I'll let you come in in two seconds. John, I just talked Suarez point, and like I'm, I'm the Liverpool fan here in the podcast. They had Suarez in, but they didn't have Salah in. Salah's yeah, been no. had a issue. Suarez, like, I would, I'd have Suarez. I'd have Salah over Suarez goal score. Okay, in seriousness, like, uh, I agree with Brandon. Frank Lampard should be on it. Uh, probably we could probably argue about Fernando Torres being on it. Uh, Robbie Fowler, like you've said, Michael Owen. You know, there's a lot of goal scorers there that didn't make the list. So you know, it's the BBC. Like, like Cristiano Ronaldo when he scored, I think it was 84 uh, Premier League goals. So Real Ferdinand's obviously put the word in. I know. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not trying to talk shit here. Like Ronaldo was a fantastic goal scorer, but he really, really hit his peak maybe in the last two seasons at Man United, and then Real Madrid just his record's crazy. Uh, everyone's going to have their different opinion on this list: uh, who should be in it, who shouldn't. I have my opinion on who shouldn't be in it, but uh, I'll, I'll let you uh, go on ahead there, Phil, and tell us who you think might or should be in. It. Um, I would have Michael Owen in it potentially Robbie Fowler too but Michael Owen won the Ballon d'Or when he was in the Premier League as well like, 
because they love him and, and he is really light. I get that and he's a fantastic player but I don't I think if you look at this list in five ten years time certainly I don't it's going to be hard to he keeps going the way he's going goals going away it's going to be hard to ignore him but I think, think at the minute I don't think he should have been in that list That's no my I, I don't think he should be either um, I think by the time he's in his early 30s his career will be ruined by injuries because you can see already that every season he gets this same injury every single season around like February, March time and it keeps happening so I'm, I'm going to think well sorry I am thinking that he's not going to be able to play late in those 30s like some other players have but you never know he could be another Michael Owen he might not be I don't think he'd play <coughs> in those 30s at Tottenham anyway no. no, it certainly is. His interview the other day, um, don't know who he did it with, um, uh, on, I have Jamie Redknapp, I think, um, on Instagram yeah. Live, and he said, he sort of dropped a few hints that he maybe, you know, wouldn't be staying at Spurs for that long, um, and he, he certainly would be open to making a move at, at some stage if, if things didn't work out right. Um, I, I think he would be a great addition like, to any of the big, any of those big clubs around the world, like he, 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 sco- he does score goals with, um, with probably some limited players around him. Like if you put him in, say, Man City's team or Real Madrid, Barcelona, Liverpool, even the the service that he would get, like um, he would probably score a lot more goals. Yeah, I think I think he'd end up at one of the bigger uh, clubs this time next year, and then stay if he stays fit. He'll do some serious damage. So, uh, hopefully, it's. I know Johnny, you won't want him at Arsenal, but hopefully, it's one of our clubs if he's going to go to anyone because I would hate to see him at one of the Manchester clubs and just absolutely ripping things to pieces. Like, so. Well, you tell he was not. We're going to. He was an Arsenal fan, yeah. I think we're going to do. Go on in. Would Johnny Um, take him? Yeah. Would I take Harry Kane at Arsenal? Yeah. Uh, No, because he's a dick. And I couldn't, I couldn't have him. So, like, what, what if Arsenal, like you say, had to sell Aubameyang, Lacazette, and they could afford to take Harry Kane on not as big a wage, and he started banging in goals? Like. <laughs> the only reason why we would want Harry Kane is just to rub it up Spurs fans' noses, just like we've done with Sophie. Exactly, exactly why you should take him. That's exactly why you should take him. Uh, but at the same time, like... He's not going to come to us. <laughs> like he's not. He's a. He just kind of like has formed this. He and he's come out with this bullshit story about how he was always like a Spurs fan, but he wasn't. There's photos to prove that he bloody wasn't. Like he was at Arsenal's title, um, title parade in 2004. Like so, he's talking through his hole. But if you want to come to us, so Campbell, like feel free, like. But he need a win it over. Like. I would take Liverpool like him. Um, I'm not sure I if I'd put him straight in the start straight away, but I would definitely if he wanted to join Liverpool. Like, I come on, ahead, Harry, no ball. I think he's destined for Man United. To be fair, I really do think he's going to go That's to Man United. I, yeah. and, and I think it would be one of the Manchester clubs. McWarrow's going. Or if, he's, if he stay, if he has, if he's not away next year and he has a good Euros, you can see another white team. A much bigger and much more successful white team come calling for him. Yeah, they would have that. Certainly. Um, 
Benzema's coming to the We're end gone. of his career. <laughs> well, Shiru gets in his career be over very soon. Um, we're going to pick a top 10 of our own, but I think to do it in the podcast, we're going to take up too much time, so we'll do that and then post it up. We, we could pick a top three, and we could try and come to an agreement of a top three. What do you think of that, or top five? Ooh, top five maybe gives us a bit more to play with. Like. Right, right. We'll, we'll do, you want to read out your, do you want to read out your full list, or not yet? do you want to do that on, on Twitter? We'll all, read out, we'll all read out our top fives now to each other, and then we'll pick a top five as a sports babble family. Okay. Right? So, I'll go first, because I'm the oldest. Uh, not the boss, Brent's the boss, but I'm the oldest. Um, I'll go from so number five, um, even though he kept breaking my heart, uh, was Didier Drogba. Now, he didn't, he's probably, he, didn't have, he didn't score as many goals as a lot of people, but he, just was, he was art at times. He controlled the ball in his chest. Uh, like I've never seen it, because I've never seen anything like it. His chest must have been about three metres wide. Um, yeah, number four was Ronaldo for me, um, just because of that, especially that season where he won the Ballon d'Or, you know, and they won um, the Champions League game. It was just phenomenal. It was free kick against Portsmouth. I think Hansi gets brought up. It's just um, number three, and I actually even remembered I saw him play it twice with Alan Shearer because uh, he said the leading goal scorer. Um, real throwback. I think we'll appreciate Shearer more. In a few more years, when it, sort of when he when he's gone for such a certain amount of time, people look back on him because no, that's a thing now. Everyone looks back at like me for an example, looking back at Baggio. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, I remember him. I think we'll start to look back at Alan Shearer more now as a as a Premier League fan base where we're thinking, flip, he was absolutely ridiculous. Um, number two, I have Sergio Aguero down. Being so small as well, and being a small man myself, I have a lot of admiration for him. And then number one uh, was Thierry Henry because there was nobody better. <laughs> He's just the, the things he could do, both feet, powerful, strong, quick, uh, was so arrogant as well. Now he broke our hearts for um, a World Cup place. Uh, well, I would love to break his hand for it, but just in that Arsenal shirt at times. When he first arrived, he was just ridiculous. So I'll go with uh, Terry Henry as my number one. You can go next, Brendan. People maybe thought that I would have put him higher. Um, but I think he just, like, he was unbelievable and he scored some massive goals. I, do you know what? Against the big clubs, like, he always did it against the big clubs. Like, um, and in big that, games, he always scored in finals. Yeah, always scored finals. You know, he always scored. Um, he always seemed to score at Wembley. He loved scoring at Wembley um, against in the big league games. And then, as you say, against Liverpool, he loved scoring um, Spurs and, and United. Like you know, those big big games. Like um, and uh, but he probably just didn't score enough in in total in the other game. He was capable of scoring more actually. Uh, I think he he's like the lowest goals per game on that top 10 that the BBC have not 0.41 goals per game so that's the only thing um, because he was he, he was kind of like a Giroud character in a way where as you say like he used the ball to, to like he probably set up a lot of Lampard's goals um, just by letting the ball hit him and and um, People running on to it. So, yeah, he did hold the ball up and assist a lot of a lot of goals too. So, um, but obviously this is goal scorer. So, 
that's why he's five. Um, I have also Ronaldo four. Um, I think obviously he would be number one. Like if you're if you're talking about goal score, greatest goal scorers of all time, like um, in my book. But um, just because in the Premier League he only kind of did it in those uh, last two seasons to that level, that um, that's why he's there. Alan Shearer, I have in three as well. Um, as you say, like greatest Premier League goal scorer ever. So that's why he's up there. Probably didn't see enough of him. Like that's probably why uh, I I definitely don't have him higher than that. The the other two that I have above him, um, I've seen more of just um, which obviously, you know, if you're if you're slightly older and you've seen more of Alan you might have him higher. Um, and as you say, like looking back in in years, you'll you'll appreciate how good he was. Um, I have Henri and I have Aguero top. And the reason for that is just the sheer number of goals that, that Aguero's got in in the period of time he's been here. Like uh, he's just he's just an absolute goal machine. Like um yeah. as you say, like for, for having the limitations that sort of people would say small and he's your typical big strong number nine. But he scores all types of goals too you know he and you saw how he had a certain way of scoring goals and a certain position to be in and and he was able to develop and change his game under pep when it looked like he was gonna be sort of you know put out in the cold after um pep brought jesus in and it was as if, you know it was as if aguero's career was done just like he did with joe hart like he, he just cut him off and that was it like he wasn't getting back in but Aguero seemed to fight his way back and sort of um, change his game and still was able to score a, an unbelievable amount of goals Johnny I think there was maybe just one game he faced us where he didn't score which is it was mad I think he played us 13 or 14 times um, it just was and I think the one time he didn't score against us we beat Chelsea uh, so like it shows his impact in those games Uh Get a decided Chelsea back then. Him. Honestly, like he fucking tortured us. It was the worst experience he's, ever. He scared me. And the goals he could score, like I remember a goal against Everton he scored where he just absolutely rattled it from oh, behind. It was, yeah. was it like 30 or 35 yards out. It was just crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's almost only 40 yards out and he just smashed it. It's like it reminded me of Badassi against United in the Champions League. 16 goals and 17 appearances against Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, mentally. mentally. It's just, uh, so I, I put him there. Uh, I put Wayne Rooney in fourth. Now, the Wayne Rooney's probably not... Uh, we're not fans of Wayne Rooney on this pod, I, I would guess. But I think because of his longevity and the fact that he's Manchester United on Emmons, all-beating goal scorer have to put a better respect beside his name because he did score some amount of goals like and sometimes he didn't play a striker, he played in midfield or played at number ten, you know. So I, I went for him as number four. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I put Aguero in third. As <clears throat> you you have said everything about Aguero already, like, you know, great goal scorer. He will always be remembered for that goal against QPR. Um but uh I put Alan Shearer as number two because like he is the all-time leading goal scorer in Premier League. And I have a, a really, really, really good mate who's a big two Castle fan and loves Alan Shearer and would probably kill me in the right. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> if I didn't have put Alves here in at least the top two, he'd probably he'd probably kill me for putting him in number two. But uh, I, I put, obviously I have Terry Henry as number one. Like, like Henry was my hero growing up, and still is. Like I still love the man. Uh, like I said about the arc and some of the goals he scored, like the goal against Spurs at home where he ran away from the halfway line and scored, and uh, the goal against Liverpool where Arsenal were really struggling on the day. Like the the unbeaten record was a serious threat. Like because Arsenal couldn't break Liverpool down. And I remember, I think it was, was it Lee Dixon said, if Terry Henry ran out of ideas, he would just run through you. And that's just what he'd done that day. He just ran, ran around the Liverpool defensive score. Like, uh, Is that where Carragher fell over? That's where Carragher fell over, yeah. He's made a dick out of Carragher a few times, to be fair. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think it was 2002-2003 season, Henry had 24 goals and 20 assists in the Premier League. And the 20 assists have, have never been beaten. Like He's the all-time leading all-time leading assists in one season. I think Ozil came close a few years ago. We got like 18 maybe, 17 or 18. But nobody has yeah. got 20 assists or more in the Premier League since on. I remember Fabregas going going close to it as well. Um, he was maybe on 16 or something as well. And, and they were talking, I remember the talk at that time was about Henri and his record. Like for, for, a, for a striker, you know, to have that record is pretty unbelievable. Yeah, on the score 20. Four goals in the process, like it was just, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like he was just, he was crazy. The stuff I remember seeing him do, just Henri will be number one for me. It doesn't matter what anybody says; they can argue about Henri's here goals. Like Thierry Henri will always be number one for me. So, right, well, is fifth <laughs> um, on the sports level top five. Uh, that's that's well agreed. Number four, two of us said Ronaldo, one of us said Wayne Rooney. So, love averages there would sort of both rain any out of the way. Johnny, how do you feel about that? Uh, you can't. You can't really. If two go for one person and one person goes for another, like you know, it's two against one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, anyway, I, I know a lot of. Well, it would actually be a good debate for Manetta fans because obviously they were both Manetta players at at the time. Like, so it'd be interesting yeah. to see what Manetta fans think, but. I think. Yeah, so let let us know what you think, Ronaldo or Rooney. I'll tweet it out right now. Actually. Um, number three. Again, two of us have picked Shearer, and Johnny, Johnny, you picked the girl. We all have the same top three, which is good. Um, yeah. This is the order. Um. So. This is the way it's going to be because me and Johnny have picked Thierry Henry as number one. So love physic or love averages there, Brent. Thierry Henry is number one. Don't care how big yeah. you are. And, and I think Aguero has to be number two because um, I had him as one, like, and you had him as two. Yeah. What do you think, Johnny? You can tell your mate, you have to listen to the podcast first and then you'll know that it was us who made this decision and not you. Oh, he will kill me, like. <laughs> I, I, I am not, you two can have the final say on who's second and third because I will play no part in this. If you put Shira a third, you can suffer the consequences of an angry mo. <laughs> That's all right. You said you said Moe's the birch deal when all this self isolation is done, and I'll, I'll debate it with him. And uh, uh, anyone that's a big fan of the US office, it's not that Moe's. 
<laughs> so I hope it's not that much. <laughs> I am not Dwight. Our, <laughs> our top five is um, Didier Dogba at number five, Cristiano Ronaldo at number four, Alan Shearer at Sorry Most at number three, Sergio Aguero at number two, and the King of All Kings, Thierry Henry at number one. Who I would imagine should probably end up being the best player in Premier League year, but um, we'll see how that goes down if they do one or we could do one certainly that would be our top five then uh, Drogba Ronaldo Shearer Aguero and Thierry Henry uh, we'll look at it privately and post up who we think should be involved and maybe our top ten will differ from five to ten or from six to ten sorry um, than the champ or the BBC pundits did but we'll look at that after the show Um couple of things have been going on in football this week. Obviously, the big talk and uh, it's people, a lot of people, um, the argument that you shouldn't be talking about this and that football isn't important and obviously it's not, not important in the, in the current climate when people are dying and this pandemic's ripping the soul out of humanity by the looks of things, but it, it, it is to release football and sport and like this here's a release for us three so I, I would kind of go against that argument that it isn't important it's important that we still are allowed to talk about it and talk about maybe a season's finished or a season's not finished because we're all in this together we're all isolating together some of us are isolating alone now thankfully us three aren't but some people are so they'll want to talk about things that aren't corona based I, I get really annoyed when I see people and even people in the media shouting about this saying um, you should have more respect and football needs to get over itself Sport needs to get over itself. We're talking about trying to get the season's finished, but they shouldn't like they should be talking about this because, it get, as I said, there gives people released. I don't know what you think about it. That's just my opinion on the thing. Like I, I, I am, I welcome all chat about whether the baseball season is going to finish or whether the NBA is going to finish. Like it, to me, this is where like I see this. I'm like, ah, there's something else they can talk about that isn't, unfortunately, the horrible pandemic that people are dying. And what, what do you think? I agree with you, Alex. This is very, very important um, to be able to talk about this because you you find yourself that every time you you turn on the TV, there's there's a, you know a twenty four seven news channel or um, headlines are are all bad at the minute, and you need a you know just like in in your normal life, like the reason you listen to these these sorts of things or or you, you know, watch football the weekend is interesting. Like, is to, to entertain yourself, and um, we'll probably need it now more than ever. I think. Um, yeah. So that's why we we talked about it, and, and we made the decision to to continue to do this remotely, um, because not only th- that we hope it'll it'll kind of help people out if they need a distraction for an hour, um, on a Wednesday or a Thursday night, but it helps us too, like to. To sort of focus on something else and um you know have a better crack while we're doing it like because no doubt about it it's it's hard times like and um this certainly helps me and, and we just hope it, it kind of helps other people get through this like for as long as it goes on we, we will still do this uh yeah i agree with you both like um like me currently i'm partly class as frontline uh work so I'm still out and about and doing work in, in various places. And uh, I'm driving around different towns and parts of the country. And it's 
like genuinely, I think I said it on the last pod, but it is like Thanos has snapped away half the population. It is scary, like yeah. on those streets at the moment. Yeah. Uh, we just we do need a distraction. Like uh, my my Snapchat story or memories from up today, from like one month ago today, I was sitting in my kitchen at home with my nephew was at the other end of the table eating sweets. And like it kind of just hit me, hit home me there. I was like, frig, like a month ago, like things were just so normal. And like how mm. different things yeah. are now, like just in a month, like how the world has changed. Like, it's like, we, we've all disappeared. Like there's what's going on in the world. Because like, it is scary. Like, and like, like uh. it's, it's kind of like some people are talking, like we're never going to see sport again. But like, you know, we'll get through it together. Like, and we'll, we will see sports again. And like, I'm sure you'll know, see Liverpool lift the league and like Arsenal are going to lift the Champions League someday. <laughs> you, know, ooh, you hope. <laughs> but like, you still don't know, like, you know. Well, I don't know about that now. That's going a bit far. Like. <laughs> like, you know, there's an FA Cup in there for us, I mean, I see, like, so <laughs> we, will, we will get through it. Like, and things like this, we need stuff to keep us, you know, uplifted and everyone stay inside. Don't be absolute tubes going out and spreading this virus. Let's kill it off so we can get football basketball, yeah. everything back to the way it was. Like. I think um, before we talk about the things at the point today, but the football season to be finished, I think one thing I've took from it that when all this is, is we've, we've beaten it, we've gone past it and we're allowed to go to sports again, especially with Finn being here now, I'm going to try and get and get him to as much live sports as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a sort of wasted, certainly wasted my time at uni. I got a lot of Champions League games, but I didn't get a lot of, not just Liverpool League games, but I didn't get a lot of games. I was in England, and I didn't get to go around grounds in England. When I should have done, I wasted my time. So I think when this is all over, we've all said this before, privately to each other, we want to do stuff with the Babylon, go and see things. I think I'd love to go and see games in Italy, Spain, different things, just go around and see a lot of different stuff, because I don't want to waste it. This happening again. I'm in lockdown, and thinking, balls, didn't get to go to the Olympic Stadium and I get, oh, I've been there before but that's a bad one. Didn't get to go to San Siro or didn't get to go to the um the new camp or wherever, like you know, different things. So I, I wanna definitely when all this is done, start planning and going to see as much life sport as I can. Um today then it looks like football is gonna try and get finished. Um there was a UEFA meeting uh, with all the associations involved and it looks like they haven't, I don't think they've set a date yet, um, but it looks like they're going to try and get the league seasons and the European club season finished. And they postponed uh, the qualifiers and the playoffs. They postponed them until, I think it's until September anyway, September, October time. But what do you make of this? Because th- Miguel Delaney uh, in the Independent broke the news that the Premier League is trying to get the season finished behind closed doors as early as June. And the proposal is like a, a World Cup where there'll be three games a day, more or less, for the whole month, because there's still 92 league games we play. And um, every team will play every two to three days, and there'll be one location. I, I think they should just wait till it's safe for fans to go back into the game, because like, fans are the most important thing in any sport. Um, yeah. I don't see why they have to try and just make the season void. Like I think they could just finish it when it is safe to do. So there's only like nine games, ten games in some teams situation, but like uh like it's not that many games. Like you get that done in a couple of weeks. Like it I think the more less agreed today that Well but that, that that's good. Like like I know a lot of people have no 
and Western that it is poised so Liverpool don't win the league. Like, but it's a different. If it was like this near the start of the season, like September October time, you could understand. But this is like near the end of the season. Like you know, why just make an entire season like this void? The likes of Leeds United, who are very close to getting back into the league, the Premier League as well. Like you have to think about these things. Like you know, Liverpool are so close, and I'm not a Liverpool fan. I know you are. Everybody knows you are. But. You've been waiting so long, and it's not—it's not about just finishing off the season just so Liverpool can win the league. Like, there's so many other things that need to be sorted out, like Champions League relegation. You know, you can't just make it all void. It's—it's safe. Like, what's the point starting a new season when you can just finish off a season that's nearly yeah. completed? It's just—it just doesn't make any sense. It's just stupid, in my opinion. Do it when it's safe to do so. There's no rush. Like, what's the big rush? Like, what's the like? It, the Premier League doesn't need to start again at the end of August. Like, if it needs to be pushed back, it can be pushed back. Like. You, Brett, no, I don't, I don't understand that the map. Well, I do because it's rival fans. But anyway, the logical thinking behind avoiding this season and then starting a new season as the main objective. Like, what, why not just finish this season first? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't make sense at all. Um, <clears throat> and I think it's probably right that um, they've basically ruled that out today um, because not even taking into consideration Liverpool winning the league. Um, you know all those uh, other clubs, rival clubs, being happy about it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's a regulatory nightmare trying to um, sort that out. Like if you just void it, as Johnny says, three quarters of the way, maybe more through a season, then where do all those points go? That up, um, you know, what about relegation? The, the, the teams that have to go up and down promotion um, you know the, the lawsuits that, that multiple clubs would obviously file against the FA and the Premier League and, and the um, uh, championship etc cetera, etc cetera. it doesn't make sense in any world to, to just stop this one and start a new one um, even saying it sounds, sounds so stupid like um, you know, uh, we've talked about maybe two podcasts ago about Rooney's idea where the delay it, play it hopefully with fans, you know, come July even and finish it off then and give the players a break and start it in the winter time so that they can get used to it for the for the World Cup. Um which makes sense in my head too. And you, you know, you're still you're also still seeing the same amount of football that you normally would. Just at a different time of the year, and that wouldn't be the case if you completely void this one and start a new one. You know, you're missing out on all these people who are supposed to be, you know, massive football fans. You're missing out on on the best, you know, the final third. You're oh, just completely missing out on that. From, from from end of March to May of a club season is untouchable. Like. Yeah, untouchable. And all these people who are advocating for for voiding a season at this stage. You know that's what you're missing out on. Um, all these cup finals. You know all these. You know how good the Champions League. No matter who's in it, the Champions League semi-finals are. You know, uh, the Champions League final. What a big event it is! The FA Cup final. If your team's in it, you know there's nothing like it. Um, well, maybe not for you, Philip, but um, you know, obviously, the way that they split the screen on on the last day of the Premier League, if there's things to be decided in the in the relegation zone or well I don't think it's gonna be at the top this season, but you know, things like that, you're missing out on all of that um if you if you choose to avoid the season. So for me it's a it's an absolute one hundred and ten percent no. Do, 
do you think um, um, that they should? Do you, do you think the idea that's been muted that they play like a World Cup stage? Just this is only a Premier League we're talking about. The other leagues have to do something similar, I imagine. But play as a World Cup, like the month of June or month of July, smash it off, and um, all behind closed doors. Do you think that's a good idea that they've done, or would you? I think you, you've already said it's Johnny Wooden, but would you, Brenton? Would you? Or wait until September, October time, play the league off, and then start afresh from there. It all depends on the safety, you know, of, of people. Um, but if they think that this is going to run on, um, and there still is the potential for no fans, say, come the second half of the year, like we're talking August, September, October, then um, probably June's a bit early to, to, to try something like that. Um, but three games a day or whatever it is in a month and we get to watch it all they're talking about a second wave now of this so potentially they're out the clear and a vaccine's been basically produced do you know what I mean and we've all yeah. got our message from the doctor to go get our vaccines and, and uh, there's a large immunity uh, percentage and when people have had their vaccines I cannot see them allowing 60 70 80,000 people to attend sports so I think there will be it, the seasons will finish and potentially finish behind closed doors, but like I'm not talking. Take away the Premier League because it's sense. But I'm actually excited to see how the Champions League finishes. I want Atletico Madrid to win it, like, and I'm actually excited to see how it goes, to see what happens, and if the finish. Can you imagine like a, a an end of season tournament, basically, where hosting it, where it's going to be the four teams left in the Europa League? Can you imagine that weekend, even if it's behind closed doors, it'd be mental. John, if he's in the Europa League, or semi final, he's on because of the Olympic Irish. Manchester have been Liverpool as well, been inside the fans that would have been going mental. You know what I mean? So, I don't Are know. Chelsea could be in the final of the Champions League. No, we're, we're not. No, come on. Oh. All right. That second leg has to be played. Yeah, well, even, yeah. If, even, <laughs> even without fans, Bayern Munich, you know. chocolate I still wouldn't get the bastard um, <laughs> they have just shown exactly what they're all about they're just a scumbag of a club and there's a reason why every other club in London hates them everyone hates them Arsenal hate them Chelsea hate them West Ham hate them we all hate them they're just like what 
when helping people out in a time of real need, nah, where you go, like, like they're a joke. Like I'm not going, I'm not going to sit and say that Arsenal are perfect or anything like, but we are paying our non-playing staff till at least the end of this month, and then it'll be reviewed. And I expect Arsenal will continue to pay them, like, but just to lay people off like that, like in times that are really difficult, especially living in a city like London where things are extortionate in prices, you know. Just Shows what they're all about. Shows what Daniel Levy's all about. Absolute scumbag. You know, this is what we're chatting earlier. And you don't need me to tell you this, Johnny, but I, I really hate Spurs. I'm sorry, cousin Ben. I don't hate you. You know, I don't love you. And Carl, who listened to the podcast, he, they really pissed me off. It's like not so much the Harry Kane thing. I get that they're whatever, but the, the way like, Spurs just got themselves a brand spanking new stadium, which is one of the best in the world, with a, a fucking cheese factory. And then the, their owner, or their chairman, has given himself a £7 million raise, which I'm sure that £7 million probably could have helped. Or not, not be all of it, but someone probably could have helped a lot of his non-playing staff they'd let off. Really poor taste from Spurs, really let themselves down, I think this would be completely like, Um I think the rest of football will remember that when it comes back, and I think they'll sort of, in his next press conference, if journalists don't ask him about it, then fool, they're fools. Like, he needs to be questioned and pulled on it. Yes, he doesn't really give uh, um, press conferences all that often, does he? Um, I'm sure some of the Spurs players are doing stuff in the background that we just haven't heard of yet, so I'm sure we will hear about it. If you don't, fair play to them. But um, a really poor taste, your captain coming out and then your chairman do that just stinks. Uh, and it's obvious now that Spurs are the team behind pushing for the season to be voided for their own benefits. Uh, it was in West Ham, I think, were, were the two big clubs pushing for it. Just on, uh, I might have it earlier, there's a, there was a push, wasn't there, by Juventus and uh, some of the super clubs for uh, an independent league, a super league sort of breakout. And um, Agnelli, the chairman of Juventus, he's obviously in charge of that and, and he, he was pushing for it. Now, Juventus are one of the first super teams, big teams that sort of struggled straight away with this and they put their players on four months suspended payments. Uh, well, they all agreed to it for a pair of the players, but they all agreed to not be paid for four months and management so that they can help the club out. Scupper, Juventus is bargaining to when they try to announce and, re- and break away from the former Super League because FIFA is going to have all the power now. <laughs> so FIFA, the evil giants and uh, overlords of football, have somehow managed going to come out of this smelling of roses. Which is just I'm, actually, I'm actually on their side on that, on, on this debate. Like, I, I don't want there to be a Super League. Um, so I will happily stand behind FIFA on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want Super League either. But I just think it's so like poignant that for oh, this was a non-for-profit, non-profit organization and the three billion behind them. But just for for them to come out of this, being like, well, come back to daddy boys. It's just quite quite bittersweet or quite sweet. Sorry, just for especially for Juventus. Who were trying to force that breakaway and for that to all turn on them now because I think Agnelli came out last week saying, Look, this is going to be a really hard time for football, we're going to need all the help we can get. And Daddy FIFA's got to come bouncing along and be like, ah, Come to us, we'll sort you out, boys. Ah, uh, Arsene Banger, he's done it again. <laughs> I think. Uh, Created the virus. I think, yeah, I think that'll do us for this week's pod, man. So um, thanks for joining, Brent. No problem. Jonathan, as usual, thank you again for your input. Yep, love it, love it. Right, well, uh, keep listening to the Sports Babble. Check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Sports Babble. Yes. Um, 
we'd really appreciate it. Uh, good luck.